Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Blue Kool-Aid drinkers! We are back, baby. We are back. We recording this. It is August. We are in August, which means training camp is kicked into the highest of gears. The Lions are in padded practices now, and we are getting a lot of feedback, a lot of reporting out of there from the ups and downs of training camp. We're going to be talking about it all on this podcast, plus the quarterback tier rankings, which are always really popular, uh, done by Mike Sando at The Athletic, formerly ESPN. Uh, I want to talk about where Jared Goff is on that as well. I think that'll be an interesting talking point. But before we get to all that, I want to introduce the Bukule crew that is here. So I am Big Z. Let's get to the rest. We got Rudd Dog. Yo. And UJ. Hey, everybody. UJ, I, I don't know what, hap- what happened to the rest of your body. The, the, our listeners can't see you, but I only see a floating head on you right now. <laughs> I, I know. I am uh, just a floating head today. Just my camo, really. It's, it's, oh. it's not real. I mean, oh, oh. I'm actually just oh, wearing a camo Whoa. shirt. So it looks like I'm just a floating head. Oh, okay. <laughs> But not, it's an illusion. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, our listeners can't see it, but I just wanted to. Uh, I I thought I was breaking news by, you know, you, anyways. Let's dive into the football, <laughs> Shelley. Okay. Um, and I want to talk about a, a big story because we talked probably more about this guy than maybe a lot of other podcasts because uh, we love talking about the end of the Detroit Lions roster on this podcast and a guy that really stepped up last year looked like he was. Um, you know, on his way to even more productive year with another year in the system. And I'm talking about Zane, Shane Zilstra, um, the tight end, who, if you recall last year, three touchdowns in one game against the Panthers, um, a red zone target for this Lions team, a fairly decent blocker, good third string or fourth string tight end, probably good depth. Anyways, regardless, um, he is out probably for the season. Uh, Maybe he could be a late season addition, but most likely out with a torn ACL after a big old dummy tried to tackle him over the middle and (laughs) dove right at his knee. Like, I I, I had the guy's name, and I lost it right now. Uh, Do you guys have... It'll come back to you. Why did I lose the name? Um... Anyways, uh, I'll, I'll get the guy's name in a second, but it's a nobody. <laughs> oh, Khalil, sorry, Khalil Dorsey. Thank you. Khalil Dorsey, a cornerback. Uh, Khalil Dorsey did it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Who's <Yeah>. Khalil Dorsey? <laughs> I mean, this undrafted guy, um, but just kind of a camp stuffer, and he should be kicked oh. off the team, in my opinion. This, that, It's unacceptable. You, you should not be diving at somebody's knee over the middle of the field. Uh, this is a completely avoidable injury, and uh, he should be – paying Zilstra his salary <laughs> or something like that. Because, I mean, this is affecting his career, and it's something I, I would be absolutely beyond myself if I was Zane Zilstra. I don't know what you guys think, but that's my opinion because this is completely Well, I agree. You know, they're not going to say much. They're going to write it off as a football play and all that stuff. But, man, there's got to be some harsh words. I'm kind of surprised 
Sorry. I mean, seriously, you don't want to lose guys in practice. That's just ridiculous before the season's even started. No, that I, I agree with you, Big Z. That I'm kind of surprised they that should not be tolerated. Go what, Red Dog? I say I'm kind of surprised they didn't tolerate him. Like they said, it was addressed. We don't know him. how it was addressed, but he's still out there practicing by all accounts. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, like they just what. I because anyone seen it? Is it like do we know what it looks like? Actually, they say it avoidable, so I guess that means he deliberately dove at his knee, or like was it just a tackle that got kind of directed a little lower than it should have, or something in the heat of like a battle? I imagine like, it's more the I latter, mean, but like if he actually dove at his knee, then he should be kicked off this team in a heartbeat. But the fact that Dan Campbell just took him aside and gave him a talking to. And the guy feels terrible about it. It sounds like much more just football stuff. That's why I'm like, I feel I kind of trust Dan here to discern better than our second to third hand knowledge of the situation. No, I trust our second like, and third hand dove, knowledge. If he dove, I think he'd be gone. I, I I think we should make decisions without being in the building. I think that's the best way to handle this stuff. <laughs> They should outsource. Yes, us. exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's more of the latter, Red right Dog. If it was deliberate, I, I would I would uh, highly assume he'd be removed immediately. Um, yeah. I, but still, I I think it's completely unacceptable. <laughs> like, I think you still got to send a message to the rest of the team not to do that. Like, like if it was if it was somebody like CJ Gardner Johnson, then you know it's slightly different, but. A guy like this, I think you could afford to send a message while removing him from the team, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Because I, I really Ben Johnson, it. I guess, got after, um, uh, uh, Char- I think it was Charles Harris, uh, one of the defensive ends. Man, I'm just, I, I have my notes and I, I'm losing it. But uh, one of the DNs, maybe it was Broderick Martin, uh, actually. One of these defensive linemen hit, um, Nate Sudfeld and Ben Johnson just went off on him completely because uh, you don't touch the quarterback in training camp. You just don't do it, uh, and nope. they did it, and he got a lashing in front of everybody. Um, I don't think it was Project Martin. No. <sighs> I hope the O line tonight goes into like his barracks with like socks full of bars of soap and just you know give him a good. Oh, you know who it was you know, Brian Brand. Hold him down with a sheet and give him a nice little shellacking, and he'll learn. It, it was Brian. It's been addressed. It was Brian Branch. Oh, small coincidence that uh, Khalil didn't show up today for practice. He was just so distraught over what he did to Zilstra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. You got to do something. You got to make that. Make sure that message gets clear. Clear, and then you got to. I mean, it's a learning moment for the whole team too. Because I mean, assuming it wasn't deliberate, like uh, you know, this is the time to point out how to you know. Meter yourself, how to watch your aggression, check yourselves. We're not in the actual game, and you know all that. It's it's Uh, tough for a guy like this. Camp, baby. There's pads. You're flying around. Shit happens, and uh, it sucks for Zilstra. Is it bad that like I feel like if I had lined up our four tight ends, like that Zilstra would be the one? I'd have been like, oh, if if there was anyone that got like unable to play for some reason. Because I'm not sure he was going to make the team to begin with. If he, I don't know. Maybe he's ahead of James Mitchell, but I think he would have made the team. They would have gone with four tight ends. And Cabinda, you think he'd be or like I don't know. Maybe he might. Um, I don't know if you heard me, Red Sucks Dog, but him, uh, uh, Brian Branch was the only, the one that got lambasted by Ben Johnson for hitting Nate Sudfeld on a, Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> um, 
It's hard. It's hard to keep these guys, man. They're like caged animals. You know, they're yeah, crazy. They're wild. They're building up all this, you know, craziness in them. And uh, you know, it's hard to you know hold back sometimes. You know, right. And especially if you're a guy like this uh, Khalil Dorsey, who um, you know is fighting for his life pretty much to make a roster and a living. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They're they're the more ones more prone to probably take the risk in practice to be physical. <laughs> Get noticed, man. Yeah. I mean, you only get so many opportunities. Uh, it, it's a very – there's not – especially compared to training camps past, the NFL is a lot uh, more strict on the amount of contact you can have in these practices, and the opportunities to actually show what you can do is extremely, extremely limited. So you have to really extremely. make sure. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And like you gotta like, and there's like, if you're really gonna make it, if as like a rookie undrafted, especially on a team that has any depth at all, like you have to approach camp with like a reckless abandon. You can't be Mister Zen Master yet. You gotta be out there putting your best effort every play with like extreme, you know, like just ah, you gotta be crazy about it. I mean, you gotta get noticed. And like, even if you mess up, it's better to mess up going hard than to mess up, you know, to not mess up and, or mess up going weak or going soft. True. Like, for sure. It's, it's a whole mental state. Like, I just, I'm just thinking back to when I was trying to make the freaking football team in college, and and like I, I cultivated a state of rage every day. <laughs> like, and I was so angry. My poor roommate took got the brunt of it sometimes, but uh, like I just would show up to practice like furious and just go off the ball at the D line and just try to destroy them. And like, so like if you're trying to make the NFL, you got a livelihood on the line. Yeah. Like, oh my god, like that's a whole nother level. And so, you know, as long as he was doing it in fair play, it's hard to, you know, I think that's the differentiation here. Yeah. So the Lions have, uh, sorry, you you had one more thing to add there? No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Z. Oh, no, the Lions, so they, they have waived uh, Zilstra right now. They're, they're assuming that nobody's going to pick him up and then they can put him on the IR. Uh, I guess it's how they had they needed a clear roster spot basically um so they they brought in a couple uh other tight ends uh we don't need to go over their names but they're probably ones that won't make the roster most most likely um just camp bodies but uh right right now they have i believe torn acl uh so do we have the time frame for that Six six months is what they're estimating. Maybe it's not a, a, I saw a confirmed torn season, ACL. It's serious like, and significant knee injury is what they're. I thought I thought I read ACL somewhere, but I'm in my notes. I have serious. Yeah, serious I think it was a little more than just injury. a just a straight ACL. I think he had a couple Ooh. other issues along with it too. It was it was a serious. Yeah. One. So he probably so, won't be back for a long time. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't. I haven't seen him back unfortunately this season. Yeah, if we make a Super Bowl run, he might not be able to make it. What what's the IR cutoff date nowadays? It's like halfway through the season, or uh, where you can make it 10? back still. Week ten, I think. Uh, yeah, that seems. We'd have to, close. I do have to go back and look that up again. But um, moving on to yeah. my next topic here that I wanted to go over is the ups and downs of Jamison Williams in this camp thus far. Have you guys been following <laughs> the ups and downs of Jamison Williams? Kind of fun. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit. A lot of drops. Bit, yeah. the people have been really noting his drops a lot. Um, he had a bad first day of camp, but he also, on that same day, threw a really nice uh, block on Will Harris to free up uh, my, our Gibbs on a long run in practice. You can see it on Detroit Lions Twitter slash X feed, whatever they call it. He threw a at uh, Sterling. Sorry? <laughs> There was another one he, on Sterling he threw too. A nice haymaker. Uh, there, uh, it, I said he threw yeah. a nice haymaker. Oh, at haymaker! As well. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yes, uh, a little chippiness. You got like that. Um, but this guy's always been a competitor. Mm-hmm. Like he loves his favorite position. Isn't even wide receiver. It's the it's the punt <laughs> the punt team and the punt returner and the, the, <laughs> no the gunner on the punt uh, coverage is his favorite coverage. position on the field. Uh, so uh, th- this guy's a baller. Uh, he will get after it, and he also has a great role model in Amon Ross St. Brown to follow. Because if you you want a guy to teach you how to catch the ball, it's Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you guys see that he dropped one in practice today? And he yeah, and, and, he, and he almost killed himself. <laughs> they had to talk him out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. I guess visibly yeah. angry for multiple periods throughout the day, and then immediately, like he always does, it's two hundred two. Jug balls. 202. 202 jug 202. balls. He doesn't catch I'm so, I'd be surprised if he's still at 202. Like, no, he said like he still he's... does. He had an interview with Peter King, really nice interview uh, they did <laughs> at training camp, and uh, he talked about that. Pretty interesting. Hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown? I miss that. 202. Yeah, it's good. Um, actually, they went into his background a little bit, which I found actually quite interesting. Oh, I he, that too. he grew up uh, learning three, three languages at the same time. Right. So here's a kid. French, German, and English at the same time, you know, uh-huh. depending on who he's talking to. <laughs> it's kind of fascinating. He's, he's a really bright bright guy, and uh, it's, it's just he's so driven. It's, it's just cool to see, you know. Extremely. Very driven, very driven. And, uh, you know, of course, how he memorized the 16 guys in front of him that got picked. Oh, yeah. That's always fun. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's just a tremendous, like, unbelievable draft pick, man. <laughs> I don't know how we lucked out with that That's one. That's incredible. We did. Yep. It is. Uh, but Jameson Williams, you guys still high on him? They're going to, I guess, get him a lot of preseason snaps as well uh, here coming up because of that, because of his suspension. Yeah, personally, I'm actually higher on him than I was before. Like, hmm. I was starting to have trickled doubts into my brain, you know, but uh, I think the more he gets out there and competes, the better he's going to be. So hmm. I think. With the Lions having mind right now, before uh, he gets suspended, they're going to play him as much as possible, probably in the preseason, and get him a lot of reps, as many as they can, and just get him in the thick of things. You know, I think that's what he needs. I think once we see him after the suspension and he gets in the thick of the action, he's going to be going to be awesome. So, I think he kind of needs to be out there doing it. You know what I mean? Oh um, yeah. You know, personally, I'm like these drop passes really have me worried. Like it's okay, Rod. If you can't okay. catch the ball, it's okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not worried. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's like it's 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 like uh, you know, getting worried about camp is hardly the t- like, especially with a guy like him. Like you know what he is. Are we expecting him to be Devonte Adams and make a bunch of amazing contested catches or something? No, we're expecting this dude to torch people. <laughs> like, is I mean, I, and like 
I don't think he's he didn't have like terrible drops in college. Like I heard Jamar Chase had a bunch of drops in his rookie year or like during this camp and stuff. Right. Like yep. it happens. It's camp. That's like people point. have you lose focus. It's you're you're it's not like the middle you know, you think about it that way, like you're in a game, like you're honing your whole week to peak performance at game day. Camp, you're ringing yourself out and you're pushing yourself and you're getting challenged constantly. So like, you know, focus is is like you know, yeah, would I rather see him catch a bunch of balls? Honestly, the fact that he's out there going toe-to-toe and, and getting in fights with people is, makes me more excited than anything. He's got that dog in him. And, like, dog. I wasn't worried like UJ to the extent, but, like, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to see it. Like, to see, this is the kind – I don't think this guy is going to lose focus through six weeks of the season i think he's gonna be working with his trainer and getting ready to just set the league on fire week seven when he comes back yeah absolutely and i i think jameson williams uh we're, we're gonna see a lot of him in the preseason at least so that's fun uh because he's gonna have nice uh, six-week vacation to start the year the Lions are just really kind in the nfl <laughs> to give him a nice six-week vacation before he starts the season unpaid it's though still, it's an unpaid you know, the, vacation the more this has come out i'm just more angry like like I know he has to take accountability, but that rule is so bad. <laughs> like, just so bad. Yeah, and the like, NFL and they, even admits they didn't teach it well st- enough. Too. But it's so loose. Like you're talking, like you're you don't know, like your 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 hotel is now the team facility. Like, jeez, like I, that's so obscure. It's like they wanted to catch people for it or something. Yeah, the, the Iowa uh, University is having a big issue. Iowa and Iowa State, uh, a lot of their top athletes are uh, in big trouble with uh, gambling. Oh boy. Uh, and the NCAA discourages gambling, right? I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but NFL definitely doesn't. Yeah. No, they well they encourage the money that they they get from ads. they advertise with all the right. like, gambling books yeah. <laughs> yeah yep yeah uh-huh uh, i mean that, we we talked about that when it came out but uh i agree i mean we we definitely agree on that uh so <laughs> i want to bring up somebody else that we haven't really talked about too much because well he hasn't played yet and he didn't practice all off season um but a guy that we thought would be an important piece he's supposed to be healthy by now he's coming off a torn acl uh, Emmanuel Mosley, uh, who yeah. a lot of people liked a lot when healthy. The problem is, and the reason Lions got him for cheaper, is he is not healthy. And he, he was supposed to be ready for camp right now, and he just got put on the physically unable to play list. Uh, so it doesn't sound like he's coming out on the field anytime soon. Um, are you guys you better hurry up. Are you guys disappointed by this? Uh, were you expecting more out of him at this point? Are, and are you concerned about our secondary without him? He there? was probably because Jerry Jacobs is taking his snaps right now. I guess like, yeah, he he was probably like my lowest like of the free agents we signed. Like the big names, like one I'm like okay, like I'm kind of excited. Just he he gave, added like a nice quality depth, maybe starter. But like honestly, the more I hear about all these boys, what these boys are doing in camp, like between Sterling Thomas and. Uh, and oh, Stephen Gilmore out here. He like these dudes are like tearing it up for undrafted rookies. I don't know, man. Emmanuel Mosley better be- get back quick because they might not care to wait for him after a point <laughs> if they got these young bucks coming. And, and I already like Jerry Jacobs a lot, and I think I like him as our number two across from 
from Cam Sutton. So, I mean, I, if he adds to the team and he makes it, great. But, like, I'm not sitting here sweating one way or the other about him. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen him yet. So, he's out of sight, out of mind, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, until he gets back and competes. Uh, yeah, I was kind of excited they picked him up in free agency. But, uh, like I said, you can't worry about these guys that aren't out there. you got to worry about the guys that are out there and – and and that's what I'm into right now. Like you do, I, I agree. I, I like Jacobs a lot. I, I'd like to see him as a starter. To be honest with you, it it seems like if Mosley plays this year, it's gonna be he's gonna be brought back very slowly, and not at full force until midway through the season. The Lions, unlike some other teams out there, are very patient with some of these injuries. Yes. Um, yeah, I like so they draft a guy like Hendon Hooker, for instance, who's pretty much take. They literally said he's taking a redshirt year. Uh, which you don't always hear yep. um, in the NFL because they want to get these guys out. They're there. interested in sustainability, you know, and they care about their players. Like, sustainability, a very good you don't, corporate you don't, word. It's not a good thing when you start pushing players back too early, but I think they know how to ride the right balance. They know who is worth taking the risk on, you know, and putting some time into. Like Jamison, obviously worth the draft pick because we were able to rehab him without being in desperate need of his services. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, same thing with Hendon Hooker. We don't really, you know, hope God forbid we need need any other quarterback this year. You know, Jay, well, here's the other thing too: JG to the Super Bowl. Campbell trusts his guys. So, like, if a guy goes down, the next guy up, he trusts that guy. And look at it; that trust has brought out some great talent uh, the last couple of years. You know, they throw uh, J. Uh, what's his name? Uh, our safety. Uh, which safety? Kirby? Tracy Walker? Kirby Joseph. Oh, Kirby. I'm sorry. Yeah, Kirk, they throw him out there because of injuries, and the kid just responds. I mean, True. you know, if you made that team, you made the team for a reason. And if, and if you have to go in, they're expecting you to perform like anybody else. And he has that kind of trust in his players, and, uh, and I think it comes out, you know, with these guys. And, and I think those guys feed off that trust, too. They're not going there, oh, God, I, you know, I, I'm not as good as this guy. I don't want to make a mistake. Or, no, these guys go out there and play, play their asses off. Just because they they feel trusted and uh, and Campbell trusts their guys, so yeah, no, I don't I don't worry about it. Uh, apparently, Jacobs does not look great so far in camp, um, so that's a little concerning. Um, and Cam Sutton, uh, he's looked pretty good, but um, more so. Uh, just one note that I read that is that Jameson Williams has absolutely torched him like by five yards on a on a go route <laughs> in the practice the other day. That's a lot of people. Uh, going back to the Jameson Williams thing for a moment. The whole league's going to get that treatment soon enough. So. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of guys are going to get torched by him. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But, uh, you know, I, I just want to kind of get to, like, a highlight for me of everything I've been reading about camp and observing is the fact that, like, uh, I think it was the Woodward guys were talking, they went to the camp and... The who guys? Everything that caught their attention was rookies like it was jack campbell it was sam laporta it was jameer gibbs uh it was broderick martin beating frank ragnow one-on-one in a dominant fashion like like all these rookies we drafted this year and then it's sterling thomas and stephen gilmore like they're adding some serious young talent like the scouting department this year like i don't think do, have we talked about the 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 draft coverage, did we talk about that the last pod? I can't remember because we have to the talk draft, about that a little draft bit. Draft coverage? Uh, like the draft uh, inside the den episode. Like, oh, 
Oh, the episode. That, that episode painted a picture that these guys scouted so well and basically mapped out this entire freaking draft for all the guys they wanted and basically got them. <laughs> like And, like, guys they really were really, really excited about, like Broderick Martin in, what was it, the fourth round, and they were on pins and needles hoping to God he would be there, and then they traded up to get him, I think, right? Like, they, like, really were passionate. This wasn't lip service after this draft. And now you're seeing it already translate into camp. These players, like, Campbell's making plays. Oh, Brian Branch is making plays. They're all stepping up and, just, like, shining already. <laughs> it's pretty freaking awesome yeah. to hear this kind of that stuff. That is a good uh, thing if you get a chance to see it, man. It's worth a, a good watch. Yeah. Hour and a half. Excellent. Yeah, it's kind of like hard knocks, uh, in a way, like the behind-the-scenes stuff or whatever. Yeah. Um, I didn't think I could get more psyched about this draft class. <laughs> I didn't think it was humanly possible. And then I watched it, and I was just It's like, cool they show their combine like, interviews and stuff. I think that's floating. really interesting. Because normally yeah, you don't hear that was good. see that stuff. Awesome. So it's really cool that they're uh, able to do the Lions, uh, the Lions media department has done a pretty good job the last couple of years, I would say. Uh, one of the better ones. Oh, they're there. on point. I think they're cutting edge. I think they're leading the way right now. Like, show me a better media program. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it, I bet it doesn't exist. <laughs> like I'm serious. Like uh, this whole organization with Sheila Ford, Hamp Ford, or whatever, however she goes now, like she has done such a ridiculously good job at building this organization from the top down, hiring Brad, hiring Dan, and like just, you can see it. She's she's built this organization so thoroughly that even the media and like is is trying to you know push the limits and become the best at what they do this whole organization is pushing in the same direction towards greatness and that is just that's they can't be overestimated like, it's incredibly powerful when everyone's i think in uh, from every end to end I, I know we won't hear it either but i think chris spielman has a lot to do with that too as well I agree. We don't, we, we'll not well, he was we'll our first hire it, actually. But, uh, yeah right exactly yeah. Oh. oh yeah he's definitely worth that mention um and we do drink the Kool-Aid here, folks, uh, just so you know. <laughs> yes. uh, I don't think I had what? to point that out to you, but a uh, little we'll disclaimer. <laughs> uh, and, Ruddog, you mentioned the uh, the one guy uh, in the fourth <laughs> round, or fourth-round draft pick, Broderick, or sorry, third-round draft pick that we oh. traded up for, um, Broderick Martin, uh, the deep tackle. And he has been making waves in camp. He's been making a lot of tackles in the backfield on the run, and that's where – we're expecting him to excel is in his run defense. Um, now he's gotten beat up a few times. They have him repping with the ones a lot though here to start, which is great to see. Yeah. But he's making plays on an all-pro like Frank Ragnow every once in a while, and, and you know he's just a young, don't just have... a young, he's just a young man, uh, and he, he's only going to grow from here. I think that's really exciting, uh, especially this is like you know a top five offense line. This is not like some you know two thousand. Yeah. 2020 off Detroit Lions offensive line or what was it what's our worst 2009 or I don't know what it's not it's not a bottom <laughs> tier NFL offensive line this has got two all pros uh two more right. pro bowlers so <laughs> top five yeah. easy uh maybe top two honestly with the Eagles maybe actually the, more of the question is how many D tackles do Lions keep uh and I, I was oh, listening to one it's a real reporter, good question. uh I think it was Colton Pouncey on the athletic it's like who do they who's the fourth guy to keep is it the guy they invested in in Benito Jones or is it the guy that they've invested time in and Levi and Muzurike? he thought there's not enough room on this roster for both 
Well, Levi has to show a lot more through the rest of camp still, so it's going to be tough. This, this, uh, the reporters but, thought Benito Jones because he's also shown more in camps thus far, and he has more money invested. <laughs> he's well, to me, he's also the other only other guy that has what you can't teach in that size. Like him and Broderick would be like your true nose tackles, mm-hmm. whereas like then you could free up uh, Bugs and Aleem to play more penetrating roles. Have um, either of you seen? Any po- positive notes coming out about Levi in this uh, camp? I have, just I have that just he's basically holding just the up. fact that he's practicing and uh, <laughs> you know I still yet. think they're I still think they're going slow with him. You know they are. But, I mean uh, they got to find out what he's made of at some point here. <laughs> oh yeah, they will. They well, will. what uh, I think he has splashed a little bit. I think I heard like maybe like showed up, but like I don't know. I don't. I'm not expecting too much because like. Here's what I just heard is basically they see him still as a developing player because he also with that injury came, you know, the inability to train properly over those years and stuff. So like he's I don't know. I he might be a I think he might be one of those premier candidates for the practice squad unless he really puts it together in the next couple of weeks, which, you know, very well could happen. Um but I think they want to. They're still planning on investing in him, just not necessarily with a roster spot to start. Mm. But you got that Daniel Covington. You know he's a vet. Um, I think uh, can we establish the, obviously the top three are McNeil, Jones. I mean, uh, Bugs and uh, Broderick, right? Correct. I mean, that's just yeah, become crystal clear already. To I would me. agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what Broderick's doing now just proves he's making this roster and going to be in the rotation. Early. Well, supposedly Covington has not been exactly shining out there. So no. his, his stock has been dropping a bit. Yeah, I haven't so, heard much about him. I've heard a couple of different reporters say that. Uh, I mean, not like severely, but he's just not showing like some of the other guys are, and uh, uh-huh. they expected more. You know, Has pretty, anyone heard of like the undrafted D tackles or anything? Like, didn't we pick up a kid from Notre Dame? And yeah, uh, but I haven't heard anything either. So. No, not much really. But, uh, but yeah, that that'll be interesting. I mean, Anzarike, he's the he would be the cherry on top if we get him back, man. Well, for all the Trinity Benson fans out there, he uh, got carted off the field today in practice. Was yeah, us on Wednesday, Ooh, August second. He? Um, I mean, he he's probably not going to make the roster, but um. Yeah, I don't that, see it. that does not help the cause. That was Brad's guy, man. Brad liked that guy a lot, you know. <laughs> and you know, got he him from Denver saw something. a couple of years ago. Really thought he was a something. And he, yeah, I, I haven't seen him do anything <laughs> since he's been here. But uh, I hate to see anybody get hurt. Well, on the other hand, so focus. That's a shame. I hope he's okay. Focusing on the offensive line. Um, interestingly, uh, Big V was in there with the starters today. Now, they like to shuffle these guys around, so who knows. But, uh, you know, he was back in practice today, and he was he was starting over um, uh, Glasgow at, at the moment. Uh, mm. But Glasgow also took Ragnar's spot at center at some point. So, you know, I don't know. Right. Uh, but it's good to see Big V out there. The at least they're having the competition. So puzzling. Uh, it's better to have him out there practicing than, you know, with a back injury on the sideline. So, um, heck yeah! But I don't know if you guys took anything from that. Uh, there was an interesting move. Obina yeah. Easy, the guy from Hard Knocks uh, last year that we kind of got to know. The yeah. Lions kept him on the practice squad. He got from uh, he he got a lot of reps with the second team today, uh, and he mm. was he's been working a lot with Panay Sewell on the sideline 
after practice, before practice. Uh, so that, that's an interesting name at the end of this uh, roster to look out Back for. Backup tackle, man. I, I thought he looked terrible got that... last year. Uh... Yeah, but he had like all the tools if he just got – he needed a ton of polish, like a shit ton. Oh, yeah. Well, he was so a project. Like, he was a project but in I the mean, beginning. That's the thing. you know. If he's showing that this year, who knows? He could come together fast. Yeah. And, you know, I'd like to have a young buck like that to back up our tackles, you know, if he's looking good. Definitely. I mean, and it, it's the same in all sports. If you have the traits, because we, we, we recently watched my brother get drafted in the MLB, and yeah. he, he, went in the, yeah. he went in the ninth round to the Giants. Charlie's Coney, go check him out. Um, but anyways, uh, you see these guys getting drafted before him with like 9.0 ERAs and like earn run average. And it's just like, how did this guy get drafted with these terrible stats? But it doesn't matter because some of them are like six foot six uh, that can throw a 92 mile per hour fastball at the age of 18. And that's all the, ML- the MLB's like, you know, we'll, we'll bring you in. We will train you up. Uh, we will coach you the right way to get to really realize your full potential, which would be. Somewhere in the elite stats, probably. So it's just interesting. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter the sport. If you have the traits, uh, th- they are right. willing to take a longer, more high-risk <laughs> chance on you. Uh, there, there's always some little guy out there who was super productive at, at the lower level that just had oh, – he's too small. Absolutely. <laughs> always. <laughs> Definitely. Um <laughs> This is, uh, you know, you know something interesting today too that I read. Uh, guess who has the highest? Guess which is the most expensive offense in the NFL this season? The most expensive offense. Yes, that means the most money paid to players that play on the offensive side of the football. Uh, they have one hundred fifty-two million dollars. The Oakland Raiders. They are fourth. Oh, no, I'm going to go with the fourth. Dolphins. Oh wow! The Dol- Maybe the Dolphins. The Dolphins—they are not in the top Tyree five. Kills has got to be expensive. They're not in the top five. They're not. Nope. Wow, they're explosive though. Hmm. Well, who is the highest paid? So I'll give you the answer. It's—is it the Lions? It is not, but they're okay. third actually. They have the third wow. most expensive offense. The I most mean, expensive is the Cleveland load. Browns. Um, wow. With Deshaun Watson oh, and that makes uh, their offensive line to pay a lot of money and uh, Mark Cooper and such. Second is Kansas City. And then it's Detroit, uh, 152 million wow. from Cleveland, 138 for KC, 136 million Detroit spends on their offense. Uh, I just wow, thought that was third. Born sharp throughout today on uh, X. Well, I mean, you get to what you pay for, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those are yeah. some stacked O's. Definitely. Uh, I just thought that was an interesting stat, but um, yeah. I, we mentioned uh, Amon Ra and his drop today made. I, you know, everybody drops the ball <laughs> once in a while in these games, but Amon Ra drops it. It's newsworthy because <laughs> uh, I, I don't, you know, some guys drop it here and there. Uh, the fourth wide receiver, uh, did we mention that Tom Kennedy got released on the last episode? I don't remember. If I don't we, yes, we, we did. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, we did. You know, and then they signed him back again on the IR. Uh, oh, yeah. Because he's also going to get the same treatment. Um, but it, it's going to be even tougher than ever uh, for him to make this uh, roster this year because so they have quite the battle brewing for that fourth wide receiver spot um, because of, well, you got Denzel Mids, who they traded for, Trinity Benson, who we mentioned already, who was previously traded for, 
um, Antoine Green. And there was one more guy that is making an undrafted free agent. The undrafted rookie. uh, Undrafted rookie free agent uh, named Dylan Drummond, who I guess has been been very noticeable in practice uh, with the reserve unit. He's usually the the main guy uh, getting the ball. So look out for that name, Dylan Drummond. Chase Coda. Uh, Chase Coda. Have you heard too much oh, about him? I haven't him? heard a whole lot of good. Yeah, I've heard nothing about him, to be honest. I have a you. feeling he's going to struggle a little bit because he's so big and not necessarily really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, like guys like that can get covered like glue sometimes. Definitely. Uh, one of these guys will make the practice squad, if not two. Because, um, I mean, God only knows you need that depth uh, in case of injury. All these guys get injured, you know. It's all about depth in the NFL these days. Um, Absolutely. TK's going to be like our perennial practice squad vet, I think, that we keep around. <laughs> I think he's going to be the guy we keep paying money to, like give him veteran contracts and stuff, just because we love him so much. Hey, he was having a good camp, too, by the way. I just throw it Like, if there. Dan Campbell was chasing, like, uh, t- TK after he just robbed a bank, like, through, like, a neighborhood – and like he like got hurt his leg and couldn't chase him anymore. And had him at gunpoint. He he would just shoot it in the air because he couldn't shoot him because he loved him so much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh my god. Come on. It's a point yeah, break. Uh, uh, it was a double reference. I know. It's hot fuzz and point break. Come on, give it Absolutely. to me. Come on, that was pretty I good. Love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm sure there's a fan out there who recognized that too. <laughs> I like it. I like Someone's it. Someone's got it. I like it. Share the comments. <laughs> who, who, who's seen it? Who knows? Um, I mean, just before we even get in this other topic I want to talk about, um, just the overall vibes you're getting out of training camp. Is this a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl based on the oh, vibes yeah. you're getting out of this yeah. training camp? Did you guys catch uh, Dan Gamble's interview with uh, on Pardon My Take, the Pardon My Take podcast? Oh, yes, I yeah. wanted to talk Great about interview. that. Fantastic. Great interview. <laughs> My favorite part was, we love Jared Goff. Oh, I love Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> we love Jared Goff. <laughs> so a lot of noble, I mean, a lot of people took away, uh, you know, he asked Sheila uh, Ford-Hamp if uh, they can have a line on the sideline. She said, sure. Yeah. <laughs> the NFL and Roger Goodell said no. Because <laughs> uh, it was floated last year too. I think they asked him the same question was, on the yeah. same podcast. Oh, that'd be so um, cool. <laughs> and that that podcast and the barstool crowd love uh, Dan Campbell. Like <laughs> oh, he's a perfect guest for that podcast, um, and they do a good job. Yeah, it was the beginning of like their grit week. Yeah, or something. Right. It was apparently something they've done before, which is kind of funny. The Lions or Barstool. No, that's like I guess that's what they call it every. Yeah, time. every year, every year at Barstool, I think they have the great week or whatever. Um, no one, perfect fit. Yeah, exactly. But if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, I would highly recommend to go check that out. Uh, to pardon my take, uh, I think it was earlier this week. Uh, Monday was released, July thirty first. Uh, but I, did you guys have any other notes from training camp that you want to go over? Uh, that, that was basically everything I want to talk about right now. Hutch uh-huh. is tearing it up. Oh, yeah, you know, that's a given. Uh, Leem's looking good. good. Well, the way Sewell was praising Hutch, though, he says he's noticeably stronger this year, right? He's just going to be unbelievable this year. Oh, he's going to be such a I I just like it. It seems like a very good camp, and I think Campbell's keeping their heads on straight with all the hype going on around this team. And uh, none of the players seem to be, at least outwardly, seem to be buying into the hype, which I'm happy to see. 
So uh, Definitely. they just got to keep it up. And I think they all realize they haven't won anything yet. You know, even last year, they didn't even make the playoffs. So what do they have to be hyped up about? They haven't done anything yet. <laughs> and I think they all have that attitude. And Straight it's going to serve baby. them well, I think. So uh, I, I do like that part. They don't seem to be getting too cocky. Hey, has anyone else been confused when they look at our roster and think for a second, hey, we signed Stefan Gilmore, like Stefan Gilmore? Like, what's going on? How did he get on our team? Like that? Anyone have that issue? Well, Different guy. That's his brother, is Stefan Gilmore, the one we have on our team. They're related. Yeah, so Stefan Gilmore there. is the one you're thinking of, the, the good one. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. He's the older brother. His this is his little yeah. brother though. That's on our team. For anyone who didn't know that, okay. <laughs> Z, maybe you weren't confused because I thought for a second we signed Stefan Gilmore. Okay. <laughs> when I saw his name the first time. All right. But. But what about you, Z? What well, do you I think we would have known if Stefan Gilmore was uh, picked up by this team. I don't mean this Stefan Gilmore. Just about the camp overall right now. You haven't really said what much about, about it. it. What's your feeling? My feeling on this camp? What do you think? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, this is the same vibe as last year. I, I, the, the Lions and, you know, with their leadership has been remarkably uh-uh. consistent uh, since they've taken over. Uh, so it, the energy and the camaraderie on the team uh, is flowing yet again. Um, I, I hope that it – the Lions have got you know gotten off some, a couple slow starts to the season the last couple of years, so I I, I think that having this opening game is going to add some extra juice to the practices as well. I think it's done that already, and I, I love the physicality that we're seeing out of practice too, especially uh, with some of the videos we've seen. Yeah. And the guy we haven't mentioned, if you go watch oh, yeah. his videos, you can see the difference that he makes, and especially as a receiver, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, go on the Lions. Twitter feed. They have a lot of videos from the practice uh, practices, and Jameer Gibbs looks like an absolute nightmare to defend. Oh, I can't oh yeah. I mean, what he looks weapon. like he's floating when he runs. He looks like he's floating. He's so fast. I am so sick. So excited to see him play. Um, can I? Uh, yeah. I I just want to say I kind of I agree for the most part, Z, about the vibe and this to like I think. The, there's the same kind of good, like, consistent steadiness of it all. But, like, there's a confidence this year to it that I think there wasn't there last year. Like, not only yeah. – like, it sounds like these camp – this camp sounds like a real battle. Like, it sounds like there's good players on both sides of the ball making good plays all over the place. And, like, this really does sound like a camp of iron sharpening iron. Like this, that's why I just don't see us coming out and laying an egg early because I think we're so much further ahead as a roster, as a team, as a culture. Or like I feel the evolution. It's 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 not a huge difference, but I feel like it's a noticeable one. And and, and like what's so cool is just how this rookie class is already contributing to it because like Jack Campbell sounds like he's already going to make that linebacker core like so much better <laughs> like all these guys are running back room is going to be so much better because it gives laporta is making our tight end room look great like it's just freaking amazing what they've done <laughs> this draft so like yeah and then you got one of the biggest new ingredients which i think you know you go away from the goofy endearingness of uh, jamal williams and you go to the cocky like badassery of uh of uh cjgj and, like, this whole team just has a little bit more of an edge this year. 
badassery. Absolutely. That's what oh, I haven't heard in a while. And yeah, and CJ GJ, uh, <laughs> he has looked great in camp. He is playing yes, very physical. He's fantastic. The correct Lit up way gibbies. to play physical, not the Khalil Dorsey way of physical. Um, still he not gave happy with that Gibbs guy. Gibbs his welcome to the NFL moment, I heard. Yeah. Lit him up on a route yeah. after he caught the ball. There's been some good videos of him on practice, too, breaking up passes. Absolutely. Oh, man, really it, it makes sharp. me wish they had him more than a year. Uh, maybe he'll come back. Uh, but, you know, we'll they take might. what we can get. They might. We'll take what Dude, we can get. It'll be interesting. Uh, but, you know, Branch makes that maybe not super necessary. Yeah. A couple of the, a couple of the really small notes, uh, unrelated to the Lions, but at the NFL. Uh, first of all, can you guess which quarterback right now is the most bet on quarterback to win MVP this year in the NFL? Jared Goff. No. no. I knew it wasn't Jared Goff because he said not Lions related. So uh, <laughs> you get one guess, Red Dog. You get one guess. <laughs> that was a clue. The to win MVP. Uh, I either Mahomes or Rogers, but I'm going to go with uh, Rogers just because Mahomes is too You're obvious. You're also wrong. It's Justin Fields. Damn. Justin Fields is the most Justin Fields. Oh, my God. Yeah. Good Lord. There is a lot of hype around him, and I can't wait for him to look terrible this year. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, I love that you're so sure, but, like, honestly, I think I think they have the best chance to be our most closest rival this yeah, year, even more than the Vikings. Uh, I think – I don't think he can throw still. His running alone, though, makes him them dangerous to play against. Yeah. I think we can handle it. But, like, if he actually does prove to be a bit of a passer on the run this year, like, that team could become suddenly dangerous. Like, if he can do what Jalen Hurts did, uh, I mean, he doesn't have the old line Hurts does, but he does have a much better receiving core mm-hmm. now, theoretically. Well, I just want to mention Even that. with all that anyway, potential, yeah. it's hard to believe he's that. I like to trash on the Bears fine, but, like, uh, in this case, <laughs> I'm just not sh- – I, I, I have a feeling that, like, they're going to be dangerous this year. Maybe not good enough to put together a consistent season, but – Dangerous. Yeah. At the same time, Dan Campbell's the favorite to be uh, coach of the year in the NFL, and the Lions are one of the more and the Lions are most heavily bet on Super Bowl team this year. So, uh, Ooh, interesting baby. notes from uh, Vegas, where I don't live, but read about the going ons there. Well, I got my bet on. Yes, you. Yes, you're I part of the it. crowd, EJ. You, you're part, twenty to one. You're baby. one of the bandwagoners. I bet. Oh, what thousand dollars? Wash your mouth with soap. You call UJ a bandwagon? <laughs> Do you call you call the sun dark? What the hell? That doesn't make any sense. All right. Uh, there was one other. The you know, one other f- fun uh, thing that comes out every year. It's called the quarterback tiers. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the uh, podcast we'd we'll be talking about this. Are you guys familiar with the quarterback tiers? Before I, I mentioned a little this? bit, a little bit. Uh, how do they rank him? So Mike Sando stupidly. is the guy that runs it. Uh, he was formerly at ESPN. Now he's at the Athletic, and he does these anonymous serve. Well, he keeps it anonymous, rather. But he talks to ev- a lot of top executives in the NFL. He talks to fifty of them, of the top executives, so like assistant GMs and above, pretty much. Um, and he asked them to rank the, the quarterbacks in tiers one, two, three, and four. Just vote, is this guy a tier one? It's obviously the highest. Tier two. Tier three quarterback is a legitimate starter but needs a heavier running game and her defensive component to win. So basically, they can a tier three quarterback is a good quarterback uh, in the right 
system. But if it's a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you could throw him anywhere and he's going to be successful. That's why he's tier one. Anyways, I thought it was interesting. Jared Goff, uh, he fell in uh, – well, I guess – tell me where do you think he ranked out of 30 quarterbacks in the NFL? you got to take a guess. Stupidly. I'd say – I'm going to say top 10, like mm. uh, 8, 9, something like okay, that. Okay, Red Dog. See, that'd be reasonable, UJ. Red Dog, do you know the answer? I, I know roughly it's like 16. Okay, he, so he was a bit. tier 3 quarterback. So and he was fifteenth overall. Uh, he had seventeen tier two Bullshit. votes, thirty three tier three. Hmm. And you know Jared Goff's contract annually, uh, the the average amount he makes per year. Do you know uh, where that ranks amongst NFL quarterbacks? The highest is Justin Herbert now at fifty two and a half. Now where he's at, probably. Yes, Jared Goff also has the fifteenth highest contract in the NFL. Oh, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting how those two things aligned in this regard. Uh, interesting. Top executives think Jared Goff's the 15th best quarterback. and But, I mean, when Jared Goff is uh, – the reason I wanted to bring that part up is that when it comes time for Jared Goff, he has two years left in his contract. Uh, the way things are progressing, the Lions are going to need to renew his contract, uh, extend his contract. Yeah. And how Hold much on, does he get Z, paid? We... Uh, I think that's a really interesting uh, conversation going Hold forward. Hold on, Z. Yeah. Yeah. Before we go into that topic, tell me who ranked in front of oh, him. Oh, sorry. Yes, I, I was going to mention that too. Uh, Derek Carr at fourteen. Kyler Murray oh my at God. tier is the oh, top tier oh three quarterback. Uh, Talk about discrediting. I'll just keep going up. Twelve is Kirk Cousins. Eleven is Deshaun oh Watson. My. Ten is Stafford, uh, who barely played last year. Uh, Dak Prescott Terrible. at nine. Trevor Lawrence at eight. Uh, Lamar Jackson at seven, Jalen Hurts at six. Those are all tier two guys I just mentioned. Then the, there's five tier one guys: Herbert at five, Rogers at four, Allen at three, Burrow at two, and Mahomes at one. Uh, the list didn't even start making sense till you mentioned staff. And Jared Goff like, is right ahead guys. of Russell Wilson at sixteen, Tua at seventeen, Jimmy Garoppolo at eighteen, Daniel Jones at nineteen, Geno Smith at twenty, Justin Fields, the aforementioned. At 21. He belongs right next to Stafford at wow. least. Um, like all those guys in between him and Stafford just show how bad this list is. Well, here's a, that is a terrible it's list. It's not. Kyler Murray, what has he done in this league to deserve anything? He has done a, been a flashy waste of space. Like, I mean, come on. Game. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, and then been a pain in the ass for his organization most of his hmm. career. I mean, come on. That guy is not that good. I mean, he uh, got a two. Jared Goff's only proven he can be successful in multiple systems. I mean, the Cardinals clearly thought enough of Kyler Murray to give him the sixth largest contract in the sport. Uh, so, yeah, so, I think they're. Yeah. I, you know, actually, this is a perfect example. It just shows that most of the NFL execs suck <laughs> at getting good quarterbacks. So, you know, <laughs> just ask Dan Campbell. Uh, you know, would he give up Jared Goff for any of those guys in between? Like. Jared Goff and well, Justin Herbert. I mean, here's the thing with Goff, though. Um, and I include Stafford in that. I don't think we'd give him up for Stafford at this sorry, point. I, I, I don't, here's the thing with Goff, though. It, 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 it doesn't, it's not out of the realm of craziness to say if he's not in the right situation, he might not be too good because we've seen it. That's like every freaking quarterback. like every quarterback, though. There's only, like you said, maybe there's a few that, because they can run a little bit, they can create, so they don't necessarily need perfect protection. But, like, like any quarterback that has to pass and requires an O-line to block is after that tier. And Jared Goff's one of the best at it. 
like one of the best at it. Statistically, this is fact. So these he's guys the are high what? on whatever their of, supply is, the and I don't, I don't buy it. He's what? one of the best at what? At not being an elite mover. Like he's outside of like guys who can scramble a little bit more than the average quarterback oh. and create like home that like that top list. He's the one of the best pure pocket passers in the NFL. Period. Well, well Red Dog, just to to be to be fair in this argument here, uh, if you lock yourself in a room and and didn't have any Kool-Aid for a week, and you let it just get out of your system a little bit, and you thought logically. Actually, Big Z's argument doesn't make sense. Okay, no, it doesn't. It does. So no. we've seen both sides, Jared Goff. Oh my God. With Anthony, wait, <laughs> the people in front of Jared Goff, have players around him no. too. It's got the, the right categories coach, are Anthony Lynn. Where does Kirk Cousins get gets like? He's better than Kirk Cousins. He's better than Dak Prescott. I'm, like this is statistically borne out. Do you this think if Kirk bullshit. Cousins the list is garbage? Kirk Cousins could do Trash. what Jared Goff's doing in this offense. I think he could. No, not as good. I mean, he'd be successful because it's I a really good offense. But no, I think Jared Goff is a better pure passer. Kirk Cousins is is okay. Like he's a decent passer, but. Jared Goff's just simply better. There's a reason he was drafted one overall, and just because Sean McVay did a great job on his career and, and, and his uh, reputation in their parting by trying to make it sound like their offense only struggled because of Goff and not because McVay was an egotist and a micromanager and failed to work well with his quarterback. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. He's shown he can be successful in multiple schemes, multiple systems with different offensive coordinators. Sure, every quarterback does better in a better situation that's like obvious but like Jared Goff has done it at a high level like repeatedly so no like I, I think this list is bullshit I, I, I don't think you should be behind Derek Carr um Kyler oh, Kyler Murray no. or Dak I think Prescott is debatable um no I don't even think that's debatable no it's not it is to Mighty me. Mouse is not better than Jared Goff. Deshaun Watson is horrible last year. He, he should not he be. He rides the laurels of what he used to yes, be. Which I, I don't agree with on this list. Uh, but, anyways, I, I, I wanted to bring it up again because it's a bad list. Jared, Jared Goff's do a contract extension. Uh, most of the time, when these guys get a new extension, uh, they want to be the highest paid guy, uh, which would be. Yeah. In this case, a twenty million dollars more a year uh, <laughs> that he's making right now, which it kind of sucks uh, for roster building uh, side yeah, of things. It affects things. Um, do you think Jared Goff is worth more than the Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts uh, of the world? Uh, uh, no, Rudd Dog. I think the top five was Holy legit shit. top five. It was, I think it was well picked. Well, that was top five in these rankings. The actual contracts in the NFL, Herbert is number one now. Oh, as far as contracts. Jackson yeah, is two. Right. Jalen Hurts is three. Russell Wilson is fourth. Uh, that, I that think continues to look like an absolute horrific trade, uh, which is hilarious. And then uh, Kyler Murray is fifth. And then Deshaun Watson, sixth. I think Jared Goff could potentially have a better, longer career than the likes of Justin Herbert. Um, I think he could have a better, longer career than potentially. Uh, what's his name on the Eagles? Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah, like I think he could. Like, well, Aaron Rodgers will be gone. He could, soon but anyway. he also I don't could not. Like, anything. I think possible. he'll be better than Jared, Aaron Rodgers going forward. But uh, 
you know, not maybe not peak Aaron Rodgers, but honestly, Jared Goff to me is in the top ten, right outside the tier of elite quarterbacks of the elite elite because he is limited physically. What some of these guys can do, he can't do what Mahomes does. That being said, he's developing a, an intense relationship with Ben Johnson. He's getting so deep into the X's and O's. He's learning the game at a higher higher level than ever. And you've seen great quarterbacks with somewhat limited like what is was was Peyton Manning bad because he doesn't have the big arm? Like Jared Goff is not Peyton Manning either, but like he's his own thing. He has a good arm. He has a really good arm. All the scouts say, guy who can make all the NFL throws. Like this idea that he has a weak arm is stupid. And he actually delivers the ball well at all parts of the field, including deep, better than most quarterbacks in the NFL. He is a legit top-notch NFL quarterback, just not maybe as high as the top top. So let me get this uh, straight. So you like Jared Goff or don't like Jared Goff? I love Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> he like likes I kind of got that feeling. I he like No, I just, I just think people sleeping on Jared Goff are foolish. That's all. All right. Uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation. I'm sure the Lions are going to have this offseason. Uh, but, oh, hey, Z, let me just yeah. finish the I, – I, to finally, to the contract, though, you got to consider Head and Hooker – and his development and where we're at when we come to contract talks. Like if Hennon Hooker gets all camp off season next year and is looking really good, come time to negotiate Jared's contract. Like, you know, I mean, I love Jared, but you also have to think of the Lions first. Like you have to put the team first. And so you have to see how things go. I like the idea of Jared getting an extension and then letting Hooker somehow develop behind him. The only problem I have there is the logistics of the time frame. I don't know how. Like, I think can, Goff would have to play horrendously Jared. bad this year for that to be a realistic possibility. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think yeah, extend Goff, man, and I wouldn't mind paying him close to the top. Maybe not the top. They're top, going to extend a lot of money. They're going to. I just don't know where they land. If at. they do, they'll get the contract to work right for the team. Yeah, it'll probably be one of those like backloaded deals, uh, like they do with a lot of these guys, cheaper in the first couple of years. Uh, keep going. You know, the other from inside the den, I thought it was interesting how Mike Disner was sitting right next to Brad Holmes, like telling him, That's a good trade value. That's a good trade value. He like had his on his computer. Oh, yeah. He yeah, had I his saw formula. That. Cool. I thought that, that was, was really good. cool to see as well. Um <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. The last thing I want to add is I found fascinating. Uh, this is the other non lions thing. Did you guys see the Sean Payton comments about Nathaniel Hackett, the Jets offensive coordinator, former head coach of the Broncos? Mm-mm. Basically Sean Payton was shitting all over Nathaniel Hackett about how bad of a job he was as a coach. He couldn't believe how bad the organization was run. I just thought it was interesting because you never hear this stuff between two coaches in the NFL. They have kind of like their own yeah. Uh, yeah. brotherhood there. So to f- hear these two coaches uh, feuding, I found fascinating. That's all. It was more of a comment than really, really anything. But yeah. just like, <laughs> I mean, actually just shitting on everything they did, like saying it was the worst job in NFL history. <laughs> uh, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good quotes. If you don't, if you haven't seen it, go type in uh, Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett, and get some good quotes. I have one more comment about this, about uh, inside the den and this draft, and just watching go ahead, then we'll wrap Jack it up. Campbell and these guys. Was that no? I said go ahead with your comment, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Anyway, so uh, you know, have you ever noticed like the top teams in the NFL are all like? You just look at them and you're like, holy crap, these guys have the guys. Like, you just see it. It's like obvious. You see the prototypes. You see the Bosa's. You see the Aaron Donald's. The Lions are going to be that team. The people are going to look to the Lions and they're going to see Hutch and they're going to see Jack Campbell. And I think he's going to set the new prototype for the NFL linebacker. He's like Erlacher 2.0. This dude is going to be so good. This team 
is going to set the standard for the NFL, and people are going to model their drafts after the dudes the lines have picked. Watch fast linebackers or running backs go early. Watch big linebackers go early in the next few years after people want to try to do the same thing we did. The Lions are, are the cream of the crop right now. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. There you have it. Cream of the crop. Uh, <laughs> Super Bowl champions this year. So before we wrap up the podcast, I want to thank – our producer, Kid J. Kid J. Kid J. Kid J. Kid J. Kid J. Doing a dynamite job producing the podcast. Always greatly appreciate you, Good. Kid J, with your Led Zeppelin shirt on today um, in the Let background. Uh, Dustin's getting ready for Lollapalooza this weekend. Uh, oh, be careful. Y- y- yep. Uh, you have a bad experience or something? It's always a kind of dangerous environment. All right. Well, we can talk about that off air. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, sidelinereport.com. Thank you for hosting this podcast. Really appreciate that. Go check them out. Twitter, at Drinking Line. So, sorry, X, whatever they want to call it these days. Um, Twitter slash X.com. Uh, Go check it out at Drinking Lions. I hope I'm gonna X I don't out. know if anybody's going to follow us on there because they don't know what the name of the site is. Um, it's just one letter. If you, you have 26 guesses on your keyboard, uh, it's Uh-oh. X, though. That's the answer. And then uh, Instagram <laughs> at Drinking the Blue Kool Aid. Follow us on there. We would love to get your <laughs> thoughts on the Lions train camp so far. Are you buying in to everything that you are reading about this team? All the positive hype? Uh, and how we're going to go 17 and 0 and make an undefeated run all the way through the playoffs, all the way to the Super <laughs> yeah. Bowl. As Rudd Dog, thing that makes I already sense. know we'll predict in our preseason prediction podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> and not only that, win the average game by 30 points on average. Maybe you'll throw in one 10 point win. Show me the lies. Show me the lies. <laughs> All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up. And we especially want to thank our listeners for yeah. listening to this podcast. You. If you're still listening to we this point too. of the podcast, then we really appreciate you because we don't know why yeah. you've stuck around this long. Uh, but you might want to go see a shrink. Yeah, I don't we know. We really appreciate uh, you guys. <laughs> uh, we. We should should we have a shrink on again to this podcast? We had one on. I, Ooh, like we did. We but did. It was your uh, it was Jill's sister in law, right? Your aunt, my sister in law, yeah. Jill. My yeah, um, a licensed psychologist, right? I think we need to get her on again before the season Therapist. starts. Maybe about the lion fans. Yeah. Like she gave us a lot of hope. She talked about her <laughs> like lifelong uh, depression. Uh, we haven't had her on in uh, years. <laughs> uh, she was one of our first guests actually on this podcast. Yeah. It was such an important topic to talk about. Why do we stick with this team? Uh, so go check that out. Go scroll all the way back, all the way back, all the way back. Back to when we had a lot worse audio, but it's still good content. But anyways. Here's the problem, though. If we talk to a shrink, like, and we talk lions, shouldn't we charge the shrink since it's like we are doing a, we do a podcast? Like, they're getting entertained about the lions. Mm. Doesn't that? What? You know? <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying, honestly. Sometimes humor doesn't work, okay? This is one of those times. <laughs> Only when you don't get I'm it. I'm so confused. I'm so flustered. I need a psychiatrist now. <laughs> Just to understand. Comedy is not pretty. All right. Well, we thank you, everybody, for listening. We greatly appreciate yeah, you. We'll note. be back next week. Uh, 
talking more about training camp and this offseason. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And last but not least, as always, go! 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 your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.